You're listening to My Titus 2 Life, a podcast for moms, created by a mom and inspired by the Holy Ghost. Get ready for insight and inspiration as we navigate through mountains of laundry, marriage, and ministry. Because we all know, if you're a mommy, you're in full-time ministry. Hello, hello. You are listening to My Titus 2 Life, the podcast. I am your host, Christina Castellan, and I am incredibly excited about this episode today. First things first, I want to welcome you. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us. If you are a returning listener, I'm so excited to have you back. I know that you are not here because you love hearing my voice. You are here because the Holy Spirit has sent you and because the Holy Spirit continues to mold you, continues to change things in your life. So with that being said, if you could rate this podcast a five-star rating. Also, if you would be so kind to leave feedback to leave a comment about how the Lord is blessing you. If you have a testimony, you can email that to mytitus2life at gmail.com. My, M-Y, Titus, T-I-T-U-S, numeral two, life, L-I-F-E, at gmail.com. I would love to hear how God is changing your life. Praise God. So here we go. Let's get started. Today's episode is going to be on discipline, godly discipline, what discipline looks like from the lens of being a Christian mother. Also, parenting and disciplining from the angle of the word of God, which is completely different than how the world would paint discipline to be. The first thing I want to do is read to you the definition that is on Google. If you just Google the word discipline, what is there? It's very, very heavy. We're going to break that down. And then, of course, we're going to build on that with the word of God. This is what Google says, the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. So that's a definition that I feel can be taken in a way, in an angle that could be harsh, could be abrasive, could be very aggressive, especially the word punishment. Punishment is a word that we have sometimes a bitter taste in our mouth about, especially if you've been punished in a way that did not reflect the love of God. So moving forward, we're going to make sure that we are disciplining as women, as godly mothers, mothers who love the Lord. We're disciplining our children from that perspective, not because of anything we've read in a magazine, not because of anything that we've seen our friends, our peers do, how they discipline our children, but we want to get God in the midst of our discipline. What does he say? Also, moving forward, we may need to discipline each of our children differently. God doesn't discipline all of his children the same way, so we shouldn't discipline any of our natural children the same way either. Discipline can be both sharp and tender. It does not have to be one or the other. In fact, if you're disciplining the way that the Lord wants you to, the way that God's word encourages us to, it should be tender and it should be sharp in Jesus' name. So I want you to move forward in knowing that you can have children that are well-disciplined, but they are also compassionate. They are also loving. They're also comforted. And we're going to go ahead and move into the first scripture. 
We're going to look at Psalm 23. Yes, Psalm 23, which we know is such a powerful, powerful, powerful Psalm, that 23rd Psalm. And I think that most believers probably know it by heart. And you may have heard that Psalm as your first Psalm when you were growing up by your parents or your grandparents. It's a familiar Psalm, but I want to pick apart this Psalm and we're going to be starting at the fourth verse. And it says this, Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort and console me. And just for reference, I'm reading out of the amplified version today because I felt that that was just such a powerful version of this scripture. So that was out of the amplified version. So this is what I found as I was sitting with the Holy Spirit, he began to give me some pinpoints about discipline and disciplining his way and how he disciplines us. Number one, discipline should not cause fear. If you are disciplining your children and it ignites any sort of fear in them, you are not disciplining them through the lens of your spiritual eyes. Let me say that again. If you're disciplining your children and it ignites any sort of fear in them, you are not disciplining them from the lens of your spiritual eye. You're not looking at them from the eye of your spirit man. And that's really important that when you begin to look at the behavior, pick apart the behavior, reflect on the behavior, observe the behavior of your children, and you see a behavior that's not reflective of the Lord, that's not reflective of how you want them to be raised, then you've got to make sure that you are addressing it in a way that does not cause them to be fearful. That is so, so, so important. Fear is not of the Lord. In fact, his word says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. A sound mind makes good choices. Amen. So if you want to change the behavior in your children or encourage the change of a behavior in your child, then fear, fear baiting your children into making a right decision, into changing their behavior pattern is not going to get them to change their ways. It's not going to get them to make a better choice. It's not going to get them to think in a way that reflects Jesus. It's not going to get them to a point of making better choices in their life. In fact, it gets them into a place where their mind is not sound. Their mind is not at ease. Fear ignites a domino effect of bad decisions. The spirit of fear is the opposite of having a sound mind. And we want our children to leave a point of being disciplined, leave a point of being corrected with a sound mind with a more sharp mind, with a better frame of reference for how they should behave, how they should act moving forward. Number two, discipline should remind your children that you are in their corner, that you are not leaving them, that you are not forsaking them, and that you are not the enemy. I think a lot of the time when we are disciplining children, it can come off to them if we are not careful that we are on the opposing team. If we are disciplining our children correctly, and as the word of God says, then they should feel and be confident in the fact that you are pulling for them, you are in their corner, and that you are on their team. A lot of time we say this, I'm disciplining you because I love you so much. If I didn't care about you, I would not be correcting you. And that could not be more true. 
But the delivery of that correction, the delivery of that discipline should leave them feeling like they are supported, like you are in their corner. Because it's one thing for you to say it, it's another thing for you to say it and for them to feel it. Amen. Praise God. So leave them feeling supported. That's very important. Another thing is when you are disciplining your children, they should know that you have a confident expectation of their future. It is very important. Again, we go back to the old saying, I'm doing this because I love you. I'm disciplining you because I love you. That is another way of saying, I know the future you have. I know the future that the Lord has planned for you and you cannot continue down this pattern of bad behavior and missteps with your decisions and go undisciplined. I have to address it. Why do I have to address it? Because I know the plans that the Lord has for you, not just for your future, but also for your now. Now, moving down a little bit in the same verse, it says your rod and your staff correct me. And in parentheses, it says guide and console. Glory to God. So our discipline should not just be a guiding point for them. It should also be consoling and comforting to our children. If you look at a shepherd in the natural, they have a very long staff and that staff has a curve on the end of it. It looks like a hook. That hook is to be able to grab sheep by their neck, by their leg, by their torso area, and be able to guide them back into safety, corral them in, if you will. That is a place of comfort for them, knowing that my shepherd is not going to let me get out of bounds. My shepherd is not going to allow me to go too far. So they are comforted in knowing that same rod that may be used to beat them is the same rod with the hook that is used to corral them back into boundaries that have been set for them by their parents. And the parents should be hearing the boundaries that the Holy Spirit wants to have set for our children. Amen. So the rod and the staff, it is a two-way thing. The rod is used to sometimes beat correction, beat them into submission. And I don't mean that in a literal sense. So please don't send me any emails. This is not a podcast about spanking or not spanking your children. But the word of God says that we should not spare the rod. The rod in your home may be different than the rod in my home. The rod in your neighbor's home may be different than the rod that's in the home of your children's teacher or your pastor. What does the rod look like for you? What does the rod look like for each one of your children individually? That is the question. The rod does not necessarily mean a spanking. The rod does not necessarily mean time out. The rod does not necessarily mean punishment or being grounded or having privileges taken away. What does the rod mean for each one of your children? Because we know for sure the staff that's used to corral them in, that is always going to be a place of comfort. Whether or not they express that to you is another thing. Your children may not ever tell you, mommy, I really appreciate the fact that you kept me in my boundaries, but they will feel it on the inside of them. Amen. So as we continue to move forward, we also must know that discipline is not always going to be a place of comfort for our children. 
We know that as adults, as the Lord continues to discipline us, correct behavior in us, it's not always comfortable. Even if you look at the natural way that we correct things, braces, I had braces as a teenager. They were not comfortable. In fact, before I got my braces on one summer, they had to put spacers in to get me prepared for the correction that the braces were going to bring. It was quite painful, I have to say. I couldn't eat anything that I wanted to for quite some time, but it was worth it because it paved the way for the correction of the braces. And now I have straight teeth, glory to God. The same thing with leg braces, people that have been born with bowed legs or legs that are disjointed or out of place or misshapen, they have to wear leg braces. Is it hard to walk in them? Yes. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Does it look pretty? Absolutely not. But does it bring correction to the body, which then makes the rest of the body line up? Their legs are going to be straight. So despite them needing to wear these uncomfortable braces, their legs are going to be straight. Their back is going to be straight. Their neck is going to be straight. Their entire body lines up just because they wore these leg braces for a very short period of time. Discipline does not have to be something that lasts forever. People that put their kids on punishment for two weeks, that's your business. But it does not have to be long to make it effective. Glory to God. So just because you're wearing these braces for a short amount of time, that brings a long lasting, good, rich area of correction for the whole rest of your body. And we could look at that from a spiritual lens as well. The way that we are disciplining our children is going to really be an enhancement for the body of Christ as we are raising children who love the Lord, who are fashioned after the Lord and who look to God and the way that they're going to live their life, the way that they're going to raise their children and their children's children and so on and so forth. So discipline is not just for your home. Discipline is for the generations following your children and also for the embetterment of the body of Christ. Amen. The next verse we're going to look at is going to be 1 Corinthians 14, 40. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. And this is also a very, very, very powerful scripture. And it says this, that all things must be done appropriately and in an orderly manner. So as you are disciplining your children, you need to make sure that not just is it appropriate for their age, appropriate for their gender, appropriate for their maturity level, but it needs to be appropriate for their life moving forward. It should be appropriate. It should be orderly. You don't want to get sloppy with disciplining your children. You want to maintain a level of discipline within your home all the time that your children understand and know, listen, these are the parameters in which I am allowed to live. These are the types of decisions I should be making. And that way you have a culture of discipline, a culture of being regimented within your home. And that culture, of course, will spill out with your children as they go to activities, when they go to church, when they go to school and things like that, when they're just out and about in the community and also as they grow. So again, discipline is not just for now. 
It is definitely for the generations to come. We want that decency and order to spill out, to be a sweet fragrance outside of our home so that we can be a reflection of Jesus Christ through our children as they are out and about. And here's another thing I want to say about discipline. Discipline is so important to their development. In my home, I am like the bedtime police. I love bedtime. I think bedtime is an important part of the day, not necessarily just because I want them to go to bed because I want the house to be quiet and I want things to settle down, but because I know that them going to bed at a decent hour is important for their brain to continue to grow and develop as they're sleeping. That is an area of discipline that my children will take with them long after they leave the home of my husband and I. There is a discipline. There is a pattern. This is a way that they continue to live their life that reflects not just the way that we've raised them, but reflects how disciplined the Lord wants us to be with our natural bodies. So it may seem like not a big deal to have a strict bedtime or to have a strict meal time, but it is very much important to God that your home operate in decency and in order. You should maintain a disciplined home. Whether you are there or whether you are not there, the fragrance of the discipline that you've laid out should remain. Amen. So the last point of scripture we're going to look at today before we close is going to be Ephesians chapter 6, starting at the fourth verse. And this is really good. Once again, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. And it says this, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And it's speaking to fathers. But I want to make a point here that anytime the Lord is addressing fathers, we know that fathers or husbands in this case would be the covering of our household, the covering of us as well. So even the Lord is addressing fathers in this particular passage. That passage also falls on us as we are up under our husbands who are the fathers of our children. So don't dismiss this as only being for men. Just because the Lord addressed fathers here does not mean this has nothing to do with mothers. It has a great deal to do with mothers because we have got to continue to cultivate the culture that our husbands have laid a foundation of within our home. So let's go ahead and read. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Amen. What a scripture. What a verse. Again, this is not just for fathers. If you have read this and you were in your mind shaking your finger at your husband, shaking your finger at your own father, thinking this is not how I was raised. This is not how I experienced discipline. It should have been like this. Then guess what, sister? You've got to begin to look yourself in the mirror and realize that you too must discipline in a way that doesn't show favoritism, that is not humiliating, that is not unreasonable, 
or abusive, does not make demands that are trivial, and it does not cause resentment to set up shop in the in the hearts of your children. So we have got the same mandate. Just because it says fathers, we are also included in that in Jesus' mighty name. So to wrap up, I want to just leave you with this. Discipline should be sharp, but it should also be tender. Discipline should remind your children that you are in their corner. Discipline should also make sure your children know that you have a confident expectation of their future. Discipline should bring comfort and correction, and discipline should never strike down or silence your children. Discipline should empower. Discipline should never be uncomfortable or ignite any sort of fear. Why? Because fear leaves us with a mindset that is not well for good decision making. A spirit of fear does not leave us with a sound mind. So we don't want to discipline our children and invoke fear. We want to make sure that we discipline our children and invoke empowerment and a sound, strong mind so that they can move forward with good decision-making skills. Amen. So I pray that this was a blessing to you. I pray that your family moves forward in a way that they are disciplined in their comings and in their goings, that you are more confident in the way that you discipline your children, that you are more certain in the way that you correct your children and that you do so in a way that reflects the love of Jesus himself. So that's all I have for today. I hope that you enjoyed this message. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And if you haven't heard it yet today, you are a fantastic mom. God bless you. I love you so much. And I'll see you back here again. Thank you.